You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Good evening, my friends. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you from the exceptionally sunny climbs of Western Japan, where it is the 6th of November, 2012. It is currently Tuesday afternoon. It is now uh, 12 noon here in Japan, as you guys have switched your clocks back home in North America, but I have not yet over here in Japan. So it is now 12 noon for me, and we are going to start another week of broadcast here on the program with a conversation about Prop 37. As some of you out there are aware, well, as all of, it, all of you are out, out there are aware, I'm sure, the meaningless selection of the next would-be puppet uh, dictator of the United States of America, Inc., is up for grabs tomorrow, uh, along with a lot of other meaningless elections that will solve nothing in terms of anything that's going on in our society. But something that might be of some actual relevance is going on in California, where there's a ballot initiative known as Prop 37. And for those of you who don't know about Prop 37 or what it is, I would highly suggest that you check out a website, yeson37.org. That also links to carighttoknow.org, but perhaps yeson37.org is easier to remember. Type that into your search browser of or your browser of choice, and it will bring you to the website of the Right to Know campaign, the Yes on Prop 37 campaign, that gives you some information about this ballot initiative and what it's about and who's behind it. The long story short is that this is a ballot that has uh, been put on uh, the the. A voting ballot by uh, Californians that would seek to label genetically modified foods as such so that people can make an informed decision about what foods they want to buy and what they're eating. And in any sane, rational universe, there would be no real debate about such a thing. Why would anyone object to the idea of putting labels on genetically modified food to let people know what it is they're eating? Well, of course, the answer to that is precisely the, uh, it comes in the form of who is against Prop 37, who is on the no side. And on yeson37.org, you can find the list of some of the donors to the No on 37 campaign, including, surprise, surprise, Monsanto with $8.1 million invested in making sure that Californians don't know what they're eating. You have uh, DuPont, $5.4 million, Pepsi, $2.1 million, BASF, $2 million, Bear, $2 million, Dow, $2 million, Syngenta, $2 million, Coca-Cola, $1.6 million, Nestle, $1.4 million, ConAgra Foods, $1.1 million. Hmm, I wonder why all of these giant multinational seed corporations and other food uh, monopolists are so dead set against Californians finding out what's in their food. I cannot imagine why. Oh, wait, that's right, because they want to control the food supply through the genetic engineering, which they are sneaking in the back door as a way to find, uh, to basically patent life forms and then claim that any time they appear anywhere on the earth, they are actually property of these corporations. That's a pretty, uh, pretty good gig if you can get it, I suppose, if you really want world domination. And that's precisely why I think this type of initiative is at the very least important in raising awareness about this uh, growing scourge to humanity and the problem that is genetically modified foods. So tonight on the program, we're going to be talking to a few guests, and they are getting ready to get on the line behind the scenes, so we'll have them up for you after the break. We're going to be talking to John Diaz and Raj Shah of the Yes on 37 
1997 campaign to activists who are volunteering for the CA Right to Know campaign, yes, on Prop 37. We're also going to be talking to Howard Vlieger, a uh, biological farming advisor who is uh, has some information about the Midwest drought that has uh, afflicted GM crops especially. And uh, we're going to be talking about these issues and what's really happening behind the scenes with this genetic engineering debate. So stay tuned right there. We're going to take a minute to get everything ready behind the scenes. And when we come back, we'll be back with our guests talking about Yes on 37, the California ballot initiative to label genetically modified foods. Stay tuned right there. We'll be back after these messages. If you're looking for a change, you might try another place. All right, friends, welcome back once again to The Transmission. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio, and I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're talking about ballot initiative Prop 37 that is uh, on the ballot on uh, for California tomorrow in the elections, and I hope people are at least aware of what Prop 37 is and why it's important. If you're not, once again, I would suggest you go to yeson37.org, which links to the CA Right to Know campaign about labeling genetically engineered foods, and there's a lot of information there about what this ballot initiative is about and why it's important. But to talk more about those issues, we have a couple of guests for you tonight. We're going to be talking to Raj Shah and John Diaz, who are a couple of volunteers with the Yes on 37 campaign, and they're going to be answering our questions about this ballot initiative and why it's important. So first, let's bring them up and introduce them on air here. We have Raj Shaw and John Diaz. First, Raj, thank you for coming on tonight, and thank you for being here. Well, uh, James, thank you for having us. I really, really, really can't say enough about how much I respect your work. I was telling John, who is kind of new to your work, that you've done some excellent, excellent work. I mean, I just showed him your 9-11 a conspiracy theory video just before we got on air and he was impressed, right John? What did you think of that video? Nice work. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's a big fan of global research and so I know you've done work for global research and just all background that, you know, we really respect what you're doing and that, you know, you're having us on. I know you're not, you're not going to be able to vote and all that. So, you know, we want this just not to be about, you know, Proposition 37, but about genetically modified organisms, genetic engineering, whatever you want to call it in general, just the, the topic in general. And I know it affects Americans more than it does the rest of the world. But at the same time, you know, we do export a lot of, of uh, agriculture in this country. And so, you know, we wanted to first start out with just talking about genetically modified foods. And I know you have an informed audience. But genetically modified foods, you know, the, the big argument is, is that they've been around for 10,000 years. And that's a flat-out lie. Howard Liger, who's going to be on later with us, he's a biological farming advisor who's lived it, you know, he, he's been on the farming end of it, he's lived on a family farm, he's, he's seen the the destruction of these biotech companies on our landscape, in our in our economy, and around the world. And so this Proposition 37 is just a small portion of that. It's not the silver bullet, it's not the end-all, be-all solution to this greater problem of genetically modified organisms and the fact that these crops are have taken over a monopoly over our food supply in America. And so the, what, the basic thing about this proposition is that any food that has been genetically engineered, uh, like let's say a bag of Cheetos, that includes corn that has been genetically modified. So then that would include a, until a label saying genetically modified ingredients are GMO in the circle, just like you've seen standard labels, gluten-free, sodium-free, whatever labels that companies already administer, this would just add to it. 
So our opposition likes to throw out, you know, uh, their their side saying, you know, the costs are going to go up for the consumer. Well, that's just a flat out lie. You know, this 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 bill is very simple. It's just, there's not a tax. It's not overburdensome regulations. You know, so I you know I I come from the libertarian point of view, which I know you've stated many times. Is you know we can't ask government for the solution. What we what we are doing is we are in a heavily monopolized market. So we don't have a free market in the first place. So yeah, you know the libertarians say you know why are we going to ask government for the solution? But hey, we don't have a free market. You know we, we're working in a very tightly regulated monopolized market. So on that end, it's it's hard for that argument to stand. Hold on a second. We've thrown a lot of issues out on the table. So let's back up and go through some of these points because they're extremely important for people to understand. And and one of the things that you raise is the idea that the the opposition likes to throw out there that this type of uh, idea has been around for 10,000 years, i.e. agriculture itself is a form of biotechnology, the breeding of different uh, plant strains together so that they they have a different uh, property in future generations etc and the the uh, no one 37 side would argue that that's just a form of the type of uh, genetic manipulation that's going on now and uh, so why would we treat it any differently than modern genetic engineering and that is of course a lie but let's let's break down for people what that lie is and why it's important for people to understand the difference yeah, I apologize for being all over the place. You know, this is a very uh, complex topic. We spend 10 hours discussing it, and there's a lot of facets to it. So thank you for taking us back to that topic. So basically the issue is that what people, when people refer to these plants being around or these crops being around for thousands of years, they're referring to the process of hybridization, basically creating crosses between two plants, two tomato plants, one Roma tomato, one heirloom. We want a juicier tomato. Let's cross them together. We'll get a fat, juicier tomato. That's been done. That's not arguable. That's proven scientifically just by our, our, you know, just the progression of our plants, the way that they've changed, the, the flavoring, the way they look, seedless, whatnot. That's, that, that's, see, that's what the opposition tries to confuse people saying that's been around, which it has been. But see, what genetic engineering entails is that at the seed level, they're going in and using a shotgun type method, which has a one in 100,000 chance of being accurate. And they're shooting like characteristics, for example, the corn will be shot with the characteristics of being genetically engineered to withstand pesticide use. So when Monsanto and these big biotech companies come around to sell their pesticide uh, Roundup, normally an organic plant would die from heavy pesticide use or just simple pesticide use. But the plants are re-engineered so that they don't die. They're built in with an insecticide built in. So this is where the, the difference lies, is that these plants are now, these crops are engineered with viruses, with different bacteriums, with with just all kinds of different foreign matter, foreign proteins that have not existed, you know, for thousands of years. And people say Roundup. Well, what about Roundup? Let's look it back. Nineteen seventy four is when this this was fully commercialized. So you know, the argument has to. We have to go to the details. You have to see how the ge- genetically modified foods have increased pesticide use, which is another topic. And so they claim which is another one of the arguments that he's going to decrease pesticide use, which we have we have the results and Howard's going to show uh, when he's on that that's quite the opposite is true, that it's actually increasing pesticide use around the world. So that's one of the arguments. And I know each argument ends, uh, takes us into another argument, so that's why it's all connected. So if you have any other questions, Jake. 
Absolutely. Well, first, just for listeners out there who want to know more about the specifics of how this is actually done, they can look up just uh, Gene Gun, for example, in a search engine and find out about how the genetic information is actually inserted into uh, into different cells with uh, basically gold or uh, elemental particles um, coated with DNA plasmid, and it's injected into the, the DNA of another uh, species. And it, it creates these types of hybrids that I'll give you 10,000 years, hell, I'll give you 100,000 years, and you'll never be able to cross a tomato gene with a fish gene uh, through natural hybridization. So it is absolutely something fundamentally different, and it causes a lot of different uh, effects in the in the organisms, which still haven't really been adequately explored scientifically through testing. So, of course, that is why we uh, we do want this type of uh, initiative to, to succeed. We do want people to know what it is they're eating and to at least make an informed decision. Uh, John, let's bring you into this conversation. What motivated you to join the Yes on 37 campaign? Well, you know, I was really, I tell people I was trying to make a smoothie. I've been playing the Nationals. I'm an athlete. I'm a tennis player. And I play the men's 55s. And, and uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I was having a match. It was a knockout blowout match. And, and it's in front of a lot of my peers. And, and uh, I lost. But, uh, you know, I had a few pounds on me. And I needed to knock a, a couple pounds off. And, and I was uh, always able to do that. You know, because I've, I've had a good good knowledge of nutrition and stuff, and you know, pig out a little bit when I you know would. But uh, um, it, it, anyway, so I knocked a few pounds off. I started reading, and and the, the literature I was reading, you know, I noticed this bias towards biotech, this bias towards medicine, you know. And I started reading about GMOs, and I'm thinking, what is this? And then. The more I read, the more I had to read, and, and the earlier I had to get up, right? I started getting up at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, just so I can get my reading in. And, 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 uh, and then, you know, TV went off. I started reading at night, you know, so it was like, um, I, I was able to get in 10 hours a day, you know, and then I did like it. Yeah, really, I did like it. Jesse Ventura, you know, he read for like a year straight, two years, you know, and that's what I did. And, and uh, so I uh, self-educate. What's the name, Raj? Autodidact. Autodidact. That's what I am. I, you know, I'm a knowledgeable person. I, you know, one of the first things that I looked at was <clears throat> was oxidative stress and uh, inflammatory stress. And these two important for knowledge on foods and how come, you know, green stuff is good for us and, you know, plants and, and, and antioxidants and the whole deal. You know, you learn about latency, um, the, the inflammatory stress and latency periods and how long it takes cancers to develop and disease to develop. And you start understanding, you know, the pesticides and, and, and a lot of these things, you have an understanding of how everything works. You know, people want to know how come GMOs, how come we're not dropping over debt? Well, it, it's, it's, that's easy because, uh, you know, inflammatory stress, it takes a while for disease to, to factor in. And like smoking cigarettes, you don't feel the, the minute changes that happen inside your body. When you eat GMOs, these changes, loss of faith, you're going to listen to Howard and you're going to have some of the most convincing arguments for uh, something you never knew about, loss of faith, how important it is to understand that this chemical is a poison. And uh, it's even uh, worse than DDT. Dr. Hoover, uh, uh, plant pathologist, a very world-renowned uh, person, um, friend of uh, Howard Howard Blader's. Uh, uh, you know, he'll tell you this stuff is makes uh, makes makes uh, 
DDT like uh, mouthwash. Absolutely. And, and for people out there who don't know, glyphosate is the active ingredient in the Roundup uh, um, pesticide, which is being used as uh, in conjunction with these GMO foods. Of course, the GM foods are, are modified to be resistant to the, this uh, particular pesticide. But what is that doing inside our bodies? Well, a lot of studies, independent studies, have come out talking about some of the health effects of GMs and uh, the, the devastating effects they can have on human health. But let's take another short break. When we come back, we'll continue talking with Raj and John. Hopefully, we'll also bring Howard Vlieger into this conversation talking about what this, what is happening at a scientific level and what we can say about how this affects the crops themselves. But let's take another short break. We'll be right back after these messages talking more about the Yes on 37 campaign at yeson37.org. All right, friends, welcome back. Once again, this is Corbett Report Radio. Tonight we're talking about the Yes on 37 ballot initiative in California to label genetically engineered foods. We're also talking about genetically modified organisms in general and why it's important that people know what it is they're eating, which doesn't seem like a principle that needs a lot of elaboration. But uh, strangely enough, in the political climate we're in, apparently people have to be convinced that it is important to know what they're eating. So, Raj and John, let's continue this uh, talk about uh, the, the ballot initiative itself. You are obviously on the Yes on 37 side of things. Tell us about the No on 37. Who is it that is actually making the argument that we should not know what it is that we're eating? Um, chemical companies are spending uh, $50 million to uh, defeat our basic right to know what is in our food. You know, all Americans have a right to know what is in their food. President Kennedy gave us this right to know our consumer bill of rights. We have a right for food safety. We have a right for labels. Um, you know, they, they spent uh, half a billion dollars to knock out 36 bills in Congress, 21 states for labeling. Okay. So um, this money that they're spending, they're not even talking about genetically engineered uh, anything, right? We, what, what you would think, finally, we're going to first have a dialogue on this, you know. If you know uh, the facts is that, you see, Monsanto went to the weed industry in 1994, and they had a conversation. Hey, you guys, we got this great product in that. And we, the, the weed, weed uh, people, they didn't want it. They didn't buy it. They said, we don't want this stuff. If you genetically engineer our wheat, you know, we won't buy it. We'll source it elsewhere. Well, guess what? They, they had that conversation, but did the American people have a conversation? No. They genetically engineered our foods and didn't tell us and snuck this stuff through. And now, you know, 75% of Americans don't know their food's been genetically engineered, which, which I got to jump back in our California right to know, you know, organization labeled GMOs is what we faced. We got a, a million signatures in a 10 week period. And, and the fact that we're able to do this and have to educate people that don't even know what we're talking about, right? This, with no money, we were able to accomplish this. This is unbelievable. We've got a volunteer base right now of 10,000 people and we are rolling. We're looking after the election. We're, we're, uh, we're going to keep going. We're educating people. You know, Monsanto's got to be, um, shit in their pants, excuse my language, but uh, basically um, we have a, a force and and we're, you know, we're all getting better talking about about our trade, you know, and uh, we, we have a trained base right now, you know, we have leaders growing up, I'm growing up, you know, as far as uh, 
we we had to find people. You know, we had to build up a volunteer base, and then uh, we had to learn how to put on events. We had to learn how to collect money. You know, and so uh, I've been joking people is when I get done with this, I'm gonna join the WWF wrestling you know, <laughs> be a promoter. Right. Because I'm telling you, we, you know, I mean, we had to put on events. You know, and right. we're putting uh, concerts and things. Anyway, well. Uh, I think absolutely one of the important things for people to understand about this is even if they're not in California or even if they are, I think this has to be only the starting point of a, a, a protracted campaign to actually inform the public yes. about what this is about. Yeah. So, yeah, is, because I mean, India, uh, where I'm from, my family's from, just put a 10 year ban on these foods. So if India, you know, they're, they're a third world country can do it. You know, what, what, what you can see the moneyed interests have a lot at stake. I mean, Howard will attest to how much money is at stake just on the technology fees that these biotech companies are making uh, from these seeds. Not not the profit from the sale of the seeds, but just the technology fees are 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 you know staggering. So the money that they have on the line. I mean, this this is not just about a label. This is about a business model. This is about their way of life, their their lifeblood of making you know money and just how every seventy five percent of products have now GMOs in them. So you know, if they have such a big monopoly, they're they're their lifeblood of just you know scamming us for the last what twenty years, ever since nineteen ninety five, since they've been out, will end. And uh, Japan, I don't know too much about China, but I, I feel like Japan's rejected them, Europe has rejected them, uh, China has labels. So if sixty one other countries have labels, what does Monsanto have to hide? What does Dupont have to hide? What does Dow Chemical have to hide? What does Sagenta have to hide? What are the chemical companies hiding from us? If it's such a great product, it's the best thing since sliced bread, why not just a simple label? And of course, of course, their argument is that basically people have to be protected against their own stupidity because if there's this labeling, they might read too much into it and they might go off on a tangent and be scared of these genetically modified foods, which they want to argue are so healthy. But uh, not only are they using incredible amounts of money to try to steer the campaign, they're also using flat-out lies. Um, from what I understand, they put out some mailers on the No on 37 side that claimed to have some quotations from the FDA speaking out against Prop 37, oh but in fact yes. were not yeah. actually made by the FDA. Um, well, I'd like to talk about that. Actually, we're just coming up against a break, so let's take another break. But when we come back, we'll continue talking about that. But for people who want to know more about that story, there's some great details in a uh, post on the John Rappaport blog, johnrappaport.wordpress.com, Department of Justice lying to defeat Prop 37, talking about this uh, ridiculous lie that they're trying to peddle about the FDA actually coming out against Prop 37 when they aren't. And for people who want more on India and its uh, ban on crop, GMO crop field trials, there has been a uh, recent article on naturalsociety.com, which I cited in my recent GMO food uh, report for GRTV Backgrounder. So that will be linked up in the show notes for tonight's conversation, along with the yesson37.org website. But again, let's take another short break. When we come back, we'll continue talking with Raj and John about Prop 37 and the fight against it and what people can do out there, regardless of whether you're in California or not, because this is a worldwide battle. On that note, let's take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back to tonight's program. Once again, we are talking about 
Prop 37, the ballot initiative in California, to label genetically modified foods there, and hopefully the beginning of a broader awareness campaign about what genetically modified foods are and why people should be concerned about them. Once again, we're talking to Raj Shaw and John Diaz, two activists for the Yes on 37 campaign at yeson37.org. Just before the break, we mentioned that uh, the uh, No on 37 side of this debate has been actively and openly lying in some of their mailers and other promotional material about this campaign, about, uh, for example, what the FDA itself has said. Let's get into this issue about what some of the rumors, lies, and other misinformation being spread by the No on 37 campaign. Um, you know, I, I can, uh, I'll start, Raj. You know, one of the, uh, we have exemptions. You know, California has to be very succinct in your, in your initiative. Can, has to cover one thing, right? And so they've, the opposition has picked not to even talk about genetic engineering, but they said, well, this is such a stupid law because, uh, it labels dog food, but not milk, right? Then it, and it doesn't label alcohol. You know, what the heck's going on? You know, and they draw to this saying, they don't, this is so stupid, right? And so they spent $40 million to, you know, with, with this question, right? And so they all get everybody thinking, this is stupid. Well, you know, the thing is, is that milk is not covered because, uh, well, this is, this happens to deal with things that are genetically engineered. The seeds of the crops are genetically engineered in a laboratory, right? As of this time, cows are not, you know, they're not genetically engineered, you know, so that's the deal. And alcohol is under a federal law, right? And and you have to think about what, what this is. It's like uh, if you take smoking cigarettes, right? Banning smoking came later, right? First, first you you you, you got to prove they're they're harmful, and then you know the labels and all of that. Same thing with our food. You know, we allow for five to ten percent of GMOs in the food. I mean, a lot of people were very upset. You know, uh, people against GMOs. Uh, uh, you know, why we even did that? Well, we have to allow that so that uh, industry can can transcend into GMO labeling. You know, this is a true grassroots initiative. You know, if you didn't listen to Biotech's lies, the reason why they're saying these lies is because they want to sell more seed and they want to sell more pesticides. Simple as that. You know, it, it is more pesticides. You know, I tell you, you know, it's amazing. I, well, I sure hope we can get Howard on. Um, you know, he tells us that not only are they using glossophate for, 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 uh, genetically engineered crops, they're using this stuff on conventional crops. And I don't know if you know that, James, is that is that they're preparing the soil for regular conventional foods. They're using they're using glossophate for this stuff. And you know it helps them, you know, till the soil. Instead of tilling the soil, they use it as a burn down. You know? And then they, they use it again when they want to ripen the fruits. If they have a short growing season, you know, they 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 put another application on. You know, and you know, listening to Howard's uh, uh, lectures, you you learn that this this stuff is a biocide, man. It kills everything in the soil. You know, and then it even they they have to use a neonicotinoid now, which is harmful to the honeybees and to butterflies. They use this neo systemic pesticide. They treat the seed, and and this stuff goes through every cell of the plant. You know, and and the reason why they have to put this in is because you have these. These opportunistic organisms, you know, you kill off the good guys and you got the bad guys. You got virus and fungus. You know, plants are like us. They have an immune system, right? And, and, uh, you know, this biocide that kills everything in the soil, that's what Roundup is. And, and they use it on our conventional crops. So, you know, the, this stuff locks onto the nutrients and it makes them 
not being able bioavailable to our plants, you know, it cause it's a it's a chelator of nutrients, right? So uh, we suffer from this, and we're we're suffering. I, I yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you something, James. There's a report. It's called the, the Presidential Panel on Cancer. I, I've been wrapping myself in this report because basically it states there our whole platform, grass-fed beef, uh, you know, the foods without pesticides. This report, uh, Presidential Panel, was made in 2010, and it, it advocates, you know, all of these things. And the reason why is because we're coming down with so much cancer. That only 5% of cancer is hereditary, you know, and that right there blows out one of biotech's main, main lies, right? That for pesticide chemicals and also for pharmaceuticals because, as you know, you know, all of their, their you know, shells from, from uh, you know, our institutions, you know, they all say that, oh, well, we all know this comes from your parents, right? So, anyway, so... Raj, yeah, do you, you have anything to add to that? Uh, well, yeah, I guess back to what you're talking about, back to the opposition itself and the lies of the opposition. Uh, I believe uh, uh, two weeks ago, John and uh, David Murphy from Food Democracy Now, you can check it out at, uh, you could look at Google his name, David Murphy. He's the co-chair of the California Right to Know. He's a farmer from Iowa. You know, he's working, and he's, I guess he, he's made California his home as well now. And he's got a coalition of about 300,000 farmers, you said, John? Well, he's overseeing. He's in a lawsuit against Monsanto. Yeah, so he's in a lawsuit against Monsanto. And the reason I bring him up is that John had the privilege to be in a debate with him and two uh, corporate shills. They weren't exactly, you know, Monsanto's minions, but they were like kind of like the loosely, you know, like just, just two corporate lawyers that were just trying to make their name for themselves. So that's what it looked like. You know, they were trying to pause their resume off working for some corporations. And, you know, so they... They were there with their snickering voice and their, their condescending attitude. And, and w- this was put on at Chapman University over here in Southern California, which is one of the w- most wealthy private colleges in America. And so they have a lot of private money. And, and so, you know, we, the Food Science Club put this on and biotech just spewed their lies indirectly, whether it was directly or indirectly. Like I said, we don't know if Monsanto paid them to come or if it was just done out of their own on their own beliefs into okay. polishing okay. their image. And basically what I'm trying to get to is that they they covered these same issues that the mailers cover, is that they claim that, hey, costs are going to go up, and we already debunked that. Companies change their labels five times a year, marketing purposes, for whatever purpose. It's just the standard procedure for the companies to change their labels. How inexpensive is it to go to print something at home on your printer? I mean, printing costs are pretty much pennies on the dollar, if that. So that argument is failed. Then they brought the argument, like you had mentioned, with the with the FDA and all that. And so, you know, they, they, they've realized throughout the whole thing that they were the crowd was turning on them and that the people actually were more of a conscious crowd and that so what they would do is that would they would they would bring out the ad hominem attack at the end, saying, Oh, my science is better than your science and your science is junk science and your studies are junk studies and it and it just became this attack game where it's not about the actual information, it's about how your, their research is better than our research. When their research is always industry funded, it's always done on three month testings, uh, trial with rats. When, when the new Seralini study, which was done in France, a two year study that fed genetically modified foods to rats for, for, for their whole life, the whole two years, proved that after the fourth month, the tumors came. So the FDA biotech knew this. So they said, Hey, let's rig the, 
the, the testing so that it's only three months and we can say, you know, we can fool the public with their substantial equivalence card that they pulled out saying that these foods are the same. And so the testing was done all haphazardly. And so these foods haven't been tested. And so this whole debate, this whole one hour debate, they're just spewing lies how it's going to increase costs. There's going to be more low costs for small businesses. There's going to be an increase in lawsuits and trial lawyers are going to make a lot of money. So they never mentioned genetic engineering. And when the public started mentioning that, saying the, de- the health effects to all the studies, the thousands of studies that Dave Murphy and John mentioned in front of the crowd, then they started realizing, hey, you know, this, we're, going to, we're going to lose this argument. Let's just attack them for their research and say our research is better. So this was just one that went down to two weeks ago. And why I bring this up, I believe what Monsanto and the other biotech companies are doing this, this, this type of debate across the state. And so they're going from school to school and literally holding these debates to continue their lives and this, this agenda of, hey, look, we're not going to talk about genetically engineered foods or genetically modified. We'll just talk about exemptions. Let's, let's make it about the non-issues, about the legalese, and not focus about the health hazards and the controversy involved in these foods, the fact that there's a monopoly, the fact that there's no labels, just the, the, the gamut of the, the, the issues that revolve the controversy. Instead, just, hey, the bill's written wrong. It's written by some trial lawyer. He, the guy makes a lot of money. He made, he made millions of dollars off this other proposition. And so they, they, try, to, they try to get the public to, to get scared. Hey, you know, it's gonna, my food costs are going to go $500 a year. And so... There's so many lies, and I don't want to spend the next 20 minutes going over their lies when we know that, you know, it's just lies. Okay? And, you know, they got to just keep repeating them. That's what lies are. They repeat them. They send them mails. We got, I got three of them in the last week in my house. So it's working. The polls were at 67% supported two months ago, and now they're at like neck and neck. So their money's working. People are not decisive. They don't have the discernment like they used to. And they're falling, and they're so indecisive. They say, hey, Monsanto says this, or Biotech says this. Let me change my mind. Let me not, I don't want to make an informed decision for myself. Don't believe what James Corbett or Raj or John has to say, but research what we have to say. We always tell people when we meet them, hey, look this up. Do this. Don't believe what we have to say. And so people don't have that discernment, and they're easily conveyed to one side or another. And so that's where we're at, and I think that's why it's neck and neck, and we don't know what's going to happen. We obviously we want to be you know, confident and have that, uh, you know, that, that good positive energy and say, hey, we're going to win. We're gonna, even if we don't win, we're going to educate. We're going to continue to, to, to get on great shows like yourself and have the opportunity to, to get this message out. So regardless if this wins, we want the message out. We, we, we know it's a hoax. It's, it's easy to prove it's a hoax. I mean, the, there's a gazillion pieces of evidence that these foods are a fraud. I mean, there's not one single evidence that I found that it actually benefits anyone or anything except biotech and their, their bottom line. So I know I ran it on for the last ten minutes, and uh, if you have any questions or if you have any, well, questions. I think I think we should address something that you brought up uh, in in one of the first segments where we were talking, where where you mentioned about uh, the the libertarian position or the 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 less government position, which is why would we rely on on government uh, mandates to do this? Why wouldn't we take it more into our own hands? And I think that's more the position that I'm coming from. I'm one hundred percent in agreement about the dangers of GMOs, but I'm one hundred percent wary of uh, of big government as a stick for trying to make corporations do uh, do these types of things rather than the other way around corporations using the big stick of government and I specifically I'd like to address a couple of points from the text of Prop 37 itself which for people out there I'll link that up in the show notes for tonight's episode but I want to talk about section 110809.2 labeling of genetically engineered food exemptions 
and specifically talk about point C, any processed food that would be subject to section 110809 solely because it includes one or more genetically engineered processing aids or enzymes would be exempt from this labeling. Now, for people out there who don't know, this would apply, for example, to uh, to the rennet, which is used to create che- many cheeses. I, uh, most of that is uh, genetically modified these days. So, for example, under Prop 37, genetically modified cheese would not be labeled as men- genetically modified cheese. We also have uh, Section E. Until July 1st, 2019, any processed food that would be subject to this section solely because it includes one or more genetically en- engineered ingredients, provided that no single such ingredient accounts for more than one half of one percent of the total weight of such processed food, and the processed food does not contain more than ten such ingredients. And for those of you who uh, uh, keeping track at home, that means that as much as 5% per weight volume of an, uh, a, a product could be genetically modified, but it would still not be labeled as genetically modified under Prop 19. So, I'm sorry, Prop 37. So once again, the question is, why should we rely on these big uh, government sti- uh, propositions that are being written behind the scenes without much public input to to actually do something that we can do for ourselves in trying to create a, a, a system of labeling genetically modified? foods well i tell you one thing for one thing we have a right to know what's in our food okay that's number one we have a right okay if you're jewish you're hebrew love love the hebrews you know they they want to eat kosher uh gmos are not kosher you know god move over this is not kosher stuff Okay. I want to know before I spend my hard But I think you missed the point of what I'm saying here. I okay. agree okay. completely, okay. but well, I think that when you say, for example, kosher foods, they do not, there's no government law saying they have to be labeled as kosher. Companies do that because they know their customers want that. So people will seek out kosher foods. In the exact same way, right. if people are aware of genetically modified foods, they will seek out non-GMO foods. And we can use independent crowdsourced internet projects like the non-GMO project, project at non-gmoproject.org to find what are non-GMO products without actually having a proposition mandating it at the government level. Well, you know, uh, right now, we, we we are not labeling every little uh, particle that's in there. We would like to, but but there's a lot of controversy regarding some of these things. Uh, basically, what, what we're giving people is is people know that they're if they're using GMOs or not. Let's face it. The food companies, you know, in Europe, when they when they label GMOs in Europe, mm-hmm. they 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 chose to take the GMOs out of the foods, right? Because this is a come clean thing. This is a consumer oriented well, deal. Okay, but did you wait? Wait, just let me listen. This is consumer orientated, right? We, my money, our money. We have such political power. We want them to state this on their package that this stuff's genetically altered because. You know, once people find out that this stuff is not, you know, what what's going on with this, um, there, there's there's enough evidence right now, okay? There's an overwhelming amount of evidence that this stuff is not good for you. Not maybe, not not maybe we can co- coexist. This stuff is not good for you. Glossophy is this stuff is evil. Okay, you got to get that in your in, get Howard on here because why you're even considering this? Well, let this regulate itself. We need a label on this stuff. If they're so proud of it, put a label on it, right? This stuff's GMO. Be proud of it. Okay, they got a patent on it. This stuff's different, right? I mean, it has to be different. They they got a patent on it. Let's put a label on it. You know, I want to know before I spend my money. I'm I sorry. See, I, I got a different take on this. I got to take. I agree with you. I'm on that libertarian point of view, but I see it, everything as an educational thing. Ron Paul didn't win. 
you know, and what he did was educate others and uh, millions of people about the Federal Reserve, about, you know, the, you know, the war, illegal wars, whatever it was, right? He educated people. And we are using this as an educational platform. People like to see fancy propositions and titles and, you know, things in politics. It has to be official. I agree with you 110%. I'm always uh, trying to engage you know, our different group leaders and say, hey, you know, the libertarians say this, you know, you should you, you should have an argument for that. You know, you should know what to say when they say this, you know. And I always go back to the, the harbor back to the same point is that we don't live in a free market. It's heavily regulated. I mean, these biotech companies prevent any type of studies on their products. So, you know, they I mean, even if we have the free market non-GMO project, I mean, these companies are just going to prevent and buy up companies. I mean, they sat down, I'm sure you know, with the, with Whole Foods 10 years ago and just sold out. Nice. So, I mean, if they're selling us out, I agree with you, we can't trust government. But at the same level, we're already entrenched with, with the, the big pockets of government and corporations together. So it's like, it's a, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know. And I agree with voting with your dollars, but that's always going to come. We do that daily. We go to the farmer's market every week. We we always pre- preach doing what you can locally and this political thing is an educational tool. Yeah, we want it to pass. Yeah, we want these things to happen. But, hey, we're not going to be, a, like I said in the beginning, it's not a silver bullet. It's not the end all be all. I want a ban. But, hell, do I want the government to ban it? No, I think, like, in, your, in England, for example, I'm sure you knew about this, too, because you're informed and you have an informed audience. The, the English people under Greenpeace found out about the dangers of GMOs, and they had a debate, or not a debate, where I think one of the months before... Uh, I think the old Monsanto uh, uh, CEO personally said, oh, this, these foods are not harmful, this and that. Everyone didn't believe them. And there was no market. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. We're coming up against the final break. We'll be right back after these messages. It starts with you and me. All right, welcome back, friends. We are back on Corbett Report Radio, and we are in the final few minutes of tonight's edition of the broadcast. Once again, we've been talking to Raj Shah and John Diaz at yeson37.org, and we've been talking about... That's Bill that's ever written in history. We've been... Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. I don't know if you know, but you're on air right now. <laughs> All right. We've been talking about the Prop 37 uh, initiative in California, and we've been talking about yeson37.org, where you can go for more information about this topic. Guys, we have about three minutes or four minutes to wrap this conversation up, so anything you'd like to say, not only, of course, to people in California, but people around the world who are listening to this conversation right now. You know, I got, I got cut off from the break, and I was just, you know, we're talking over the break, and I'm sure someone got picked up. You know, we're, we're having an argument here, because, you know, this is, this is you guys thinking, you know, when you're in the movement, and you know the arguments, I, I tell John all the time, he's like, yes, we want to label, yes, we need labels, but hey, we got to look at, we got to be devil's advocate, like you're saying, look at the libertarian point of view, and all the point of view, and what we're seeing here is that California is completely blue states, all, it's completely liberal, like people believe government can take Very care nice of them, cradle to cradle to grave. So we live in this state that's already having this entrenched liberal, you know, big government mentality. So we're using that to educate at the same time, put labels and force companies who have proven that they're not, don't have our, do not have our best interests at heart. And we're using government force because they are showing that they don't use a free market. They're not giving us the chance. I mean, in a free market, there would be competition. There is no competition. So if we don't have competition, then we can't make informed decisions. So I agree that, yeah, we don't want to use government force and regulation, but we've already entrenched beyond belief. And at the same time, we always, we always promote and encourage. Well, go to your local farmer's market. You know, buy, buy, go to, go, go to your, go to Yelp.com and type in your health food store and your zip code. I mean, 
we're always encouraging make decisions that matter. I mean, obviously, we're not going to affect biotech in one day or one year, but the, the small decisions we make with with vote, voting with your money, basically, you know. Okay. So support local, you know, support organic, and know your farmer. Get to know your farmer. You know, we've lost our connection with our farmers. Go to your local farmers market. The food, yeah, the price might be a little bit higher, but hey, the quality's there. It's not genetically modified, and you can develop that relationship, which will help us in the future. If there's an economic collapse, and California so- right to know, go on California right to know. You got to go on there and check it out. Learn about GMOs. Educate your community. You know, uh, the, this this panel on cancer I was telling you about. They advocate for you know for the individual to go into the community and and educate others. You know, that's very important. You know, that's our work coming up for this next year. You know, and we're really looking forward to that. Get in touch with you in your own state. Do what you can. You know, and you got to educate people. It's like wake up. You know, come on, everybody, yeah, you know, you know, wake if, up. You if, know, if the government's not going to educate us. Biotech's not going to educate us. They're going to lie to us. We have to educate humanity and take the baton from each other. And what we've learned from over the years from the Jeffrey M. Smiths and the Howard Bleeders that put it all together and become more polished. And so that way, when people listen to you, you're able to convince them and have. At least get plant seeds, you know, if you're not able to convince them that time at all. So we're here planting seeds, educating people. We want this to pass, obviously, but, you know, like you mentioned, the government regulations, whatever. We just want to continue the education. We've noticed that all our works for the last year, there is not enough awareness, even though, you know, we spent the last year and, uh, what, millions or thousands of hours. John has literally sacrificed his small business for this, you know, labeling, and he's done it to educate. You know, yeah, he's passionate about having this proposition passed, but he's he's passionate because he wants the consumer to know what they eat, you know, and to make better decisions because we have the right to make better decisions. If you don't have the right to know, but we have a right to make better decisions still, and we still have the option to make better decisions. And until that right is taken away, let us vote with our money, and whether or not Proposition 37 passes or not, let's vote with our dollars and take down Monsanto. You have a right to know. Thank you, James. All right, excellent. We'll have to leave it there. We are fresh out of time. Once again, yes on 37.org for more information about this issue and to find out more. And regardless of whether or not it passes tomorrow, this is only the start of a protracted campaign. It is about raising awareness and getting people involved in this. So my hat's off to you guys for getting in the ring and doing this, and we're going to leave it there. Thanks for being on tonight. Thanks, guys.